G'day everyone, welcome to another edition of the Turn Under podcast, the Carabao Cup finalist best uh, podcast in the Southern Hemisphere. I'm joined by uh, Dimmy, who's in Melbourne, how are you mate? Very well mate, still uh, still uh, recovering from the euphoria of making a final, which as much as Man United fans want to tell us we haven't done anything yet, for us it's, it's a this is a big moment. So uh, can't wait for February twenty seventh at three thirty our time in the morning. I'm uh, I'm uh, excited already. We are, and uh, we are joined by a special guest, also in the Democratic Democratic People's Republic of Victoria. We've got uh, Athos. How are you, mate? Good, good. I'm I'm actually very happy for for Newcastle and for Newcastle fans. I feel both our teams. I'm a West Ham fan. Are normally in the same boat. We we very ambitious we want to push those top six clubs and and to be in a final and you guys haven't won uh silverware for quite some time so i think it's it's fantastic and hopefully you can really stick it up united next week or whatever yeah. it is i think uh we'll get most of the neutrals i think going for us i, I don't i think most people with a, a heart or a conscience will be happy for yeah. us to finally <laughs> win something rather than uh them red devils coming back and getting up on their high horse again. So, yeah, I th- I'm looking forward to it. But, yeah, while we're here, this podcast, uh, it's a, a West Ham preview. Uh, kickoff is 5.30, I think, 5.30 p.m. Uh, in the UK, live on Sky, actually. 4.30 a.m. No, in, in the UK. 5.30 p.m. in the UK, 4.30 a.m., for us in daylight savings time, three thirty for the banana benders, and I can't be bothered working out any other time zones in Australia because there's about five of them, and I don't really care. Um, so we've got Athos here. Tell us a bit about yourself, mate. Uh, how did you come to support West Ham? How long have you supported West Ham? And give us the whole sort of jizz about, or not jizz, it's probably a bit right. Uh, give us the whole spiel about um, about how you come to support the Hammers? Yeah, well, I just fell under the father-son rule. Dad grew up supporting West Ham. Uh, it, was, it was simply because West Ham were on TV quite a bit in the, the 70s and the 80s when he was understanding football and, and getting into it. So that's the team that he picked. And it just flowed on to, to me and, and my brothers. And probably when I got to about high school, I, I really started reading up on the club and, and the history and the supporters and you just fell in love with the place. So I really hopped on board. I've been lucky enough to go and, and watch a few games uh, myself recently uh, and, and we've really got onto the team. I, I watch as many games as I can. You know, growing up, I was watching, getting up at all sorts of hours. I was happy to get up at 4.30, but uh, they, these days I don't have to think twice considering how how poorly we're playing at the moment. But, yeah, I love, love the Hammers. I love what they're all about and hopefully we can do enough to stay up this season. Absolutely, we've all um, we've all done our Fox Sports treatments and stuff like that Get on uh, yep. Soccer Saturdays and pushing the red button, trying to find your team. Now we're lucky enough in this day and age where if we don't want to get up, we can get up at our own leisurely time on a Sunday morning, most or Sunday afternoon, depending on how big of a Saturday night you've had, and mm. watch a mini match or watch the three minute highlights if it's a shit game and you've lost or. If it's a good game and you want to watch it, you can watch the full 90. So we're very lucky here in Australia. We have all them options where we can um, 
where we can watch our favorite teams play. Um, who who was your favorite player when you were growing up? I'm always I'm always interested to ask people this and see sort of where they go. So who who was your sort of favorite players when you were growing up? I I loved Kevin Nolan growing up, and he was a, a former Newcastle boy. Uh, simply because he was always in the right place at the right time to score goals. He had a fantastic partnership with with Andy Carroll when uh, Carroll was able to get onto the park where they would just find each other. And like he was a good player throughout the ground, but he would always just pop up at the right moment to stick a toe in or stick a head in to score a goal. And just that kind of that, that cheeky kind of player, and that, that's what I kind of love. And then you, you went into that season where Dimitri Payet just ripped things up. I thought he was a, a fantastic player. And these days, uh, oh, guys like Declan Rice, who's who's a, an absolute superstar. I, I love uh, Skamaka. I think he, you know, if he gets going, it can be a, a real quality player. But um, those kind of guys, the guys with the, the personalities and a bit of uh, pizzazz about them. Nice. Dimmy, who was your sort of favourite? Not favourite. What What... West Ham players, did you take a bit of a liking to during your childhood? Can't say too many West Ham fan, uh, West Ham players caught my caught my eye from a positive perspective. I I was very happy to see uh, Carlos Tevez keep the hammers up back in the day for that dodgy mm. dodgy deal, whatever happened with him and Mascherano. <laughs> but but uh, very happy to see. I think I'm pretty sure West Ham won either on the last day or second last day at Old Trafford. And I'm pretty sure Tevez scored from memory, and that was as a as a neutral fan hating Man United. It's always <laughs> it's always good to see that that happen. And obviously, West Ham, like us, are, are a good historic club, and you don't want to see clubs like West Ham in the second division. You'd much rather see uh, your your go go clubs just yeah, Everton or Everton exactly. <laughs> Everton, <it's>, uh, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, but uh, that's that's sort of a good early memory. For me, from from West Ham, that that Tevez Tevez moment. Yeah, oh, I'm not sure of your um your age demographic, uh, mate. But I was before he went into a managerial role. I was a Paolo Di Canio fan. I think that mm-hmm. um <laughs> that karate, not the karate kick. I don't even know how to describe it. I suppose like it is like, like a, a bit a of a karate kick, kick. I think yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like an upright scissor kick. But that was one of the best goals I've ever seen. Like um, mm-hmm. I used to play uh indoor soccer back in the high school days and the guys who organized the team were actually West Ham fans. So we were made to wear West Ham shirts every week because they were our indoor soccer kits. And I used to, every game I used to try and kick a goal like the Canio. <laughs> I just loved it. I don't know that. And I reckon my, that one and that Henri goal where he, he has his back to goal. I think he's playing against Man United and he flicks it up and sort of hits it on the swivel yeah. past <clears throat> Schmeichel. They're, they're probably nearly my two favorite um, non-Newcastle goals. In the Premier League, like they're just yeah, I just loved. It. I don't know why I loved them, but I did. Uh, anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on to uh, this season. Uh, look, the Hammers haven't had the best of seasons. Let's well, so far anyway. Probably halfway through. Mm. Um, I mean, finishing seventh last season, and oh, I'm not sure before the Everton game they're either in the relegation zone or mm. teetering on the edge of the relegation zone, and they're they're um they've gone up to sixteenth at the moment. We'll just. I'll just bring up the table for those watching, those who are listening. We're still third, so that's fantastic. And, yeah, West Ham, yeah, I'm not sure how long that's going to last for, but we might get onto that a little bit later. West Ham is 16th. So 
how do you what's happened, mate? Like, what's the difference between this season and last season? Well, we've actually our two clubs have actually traded places. That's what's happened yeah. um, <laughs> from you know this time last season. Uh, it, it's a funny one because while the, the, the back end of last season was actually quite average too, like I think throughout twenty twenty two, West Ham only won like seven games in the Premier League. Like it was something ridiculous like that. Like we we managed to win enough games against the the poor teams to stay in that top six fight. Because if you remember, we started the season like a house on fire. I think we were third or fourth at Christmas. We were on fire. And then 2022 came and um, I'm not sure whether it was because of the, the overload and the schedule. We were playing Europa League at the time and with a, with a paper-thin squad. Uh, then you would have thought we recruited really well, boarding guys like Paqueta, Scamaca. So they did everything right off the field, but it just hasn't translated to success on the field. To be fair, there was a bit of bad luck at the start of the season. A few things didn't go our way. And then I don't know that bad luck just has seemed to continue and it seems like they just can't get the ball rolling at the moment. It, where West Ham last season was a team that, you know, they, they would never give up and they were just a team that never knew when they were beat. So you could always back them to score a goal and to make it interesting. It, it seems like these days they drop their heads quite quickly and that, that attitude of and that negativity has just seemed to, to, to really seep in. So whether they go on a bit of a run now after picking up Two wins remains to be seen, but there, there there are a few tough games coming up against yourselves. I think we've got Tottenham and Chelsea as well, so uh, a big month definitely, which will tell us quite a bit about whether they can stay up. Yeah, well, I had my um, I had the stats boffins hard at work today, Craig. Thanks for this. Um, so uh, after last last game's win against Everton, actually, there's only they've won two in a row only once this year, so. Mm-hmm. A win, a win on the weekend will only be the second time this year they've won uh, two in a row. So yeah, that sort of does speak to how sort of inconsistent, I guess, they've been um, during the season as well. And I think, um, I mean, Danny Ings has sort of been a January signing, keeping up his, his sort of keeping his colours true. He must be his two yeah. favourite colours. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but he's he's out. Um, Skamak is also out. I think is he. Yeah. Is that a long yes, is that a long-term is injury? And Kurt Zuma's out as well. Yeah. He pulled up yeah. against Everton, I think. So three three pretty bigs out. Like you'd, you'd start possibly all three if you could. They're, they're in your first team and probably start most places. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's down to the, the guys that have been around for a while, like your Bowens and Antonios, to try and pull some tricks out of the bag this weekend. Yeah. It's probably good as well because after watching um, – a uh, interview with Sean Longstaff on in UFC TV uh, in the last few days. His love for his cat is sort of second to none. So having <laughs> having Zuma out's probably probably a good thing for good for thing. Sean. Demi, what do you think about that? That's the first thing I thought of. I said, thank goodness yeah. you can, you can <laughs> release release the cats. They can only have to be locked yeah. up for the weekend. It's uh, no no damage to be done by Kurt Zuma. So uh, yeah, it's uh, thank goodness for that. That's just a uh, it just uh, it just reminded me. It sort of I didn't have this on the running sheet, but I watched it um, this afternoon after work. The uh, the match cams on NUFC TV are, are literally becoming must watch games. I uh, must watch stuff on YouTube. Like I'm not sure if you've seen the one from uh, the semi final, Dimmy, but it's unreal. Like the stuff in the tunnels and all that. It's so so good. Yeah, I saw the um, I saw I've seen clips of it in terms. 
goals and the the live sound reaction for when the ball went in. And and that was just unreal. I mean, to be in that stadium when that first and second goal went in would have been would have been out of this world. I've seen I've also seen clips of people in the city centre outside of St James's Park hear the roar when the goals have went in. The roar is just reverberated around the whole city. So it's it's a perfectly perfectly placed stadium, and I was lucky enough to visit it in in August to see the first game against Forest. And yeah, it's a it's a magical place, and the good times are here to stay. Hopefully. Yeah, we get it, mate. We know you've been over there this year. You don't have to keep <laughs> rubbing it in forever on it, right? But I can, I can, um, I can confirm that story about the noise in the city. My, my auntie used to think the best day of shopping for the year was when Newcastle played Sunderland to James's Park because the city was empty <laughs> and she could literally walk around and do whatever she liked, and there was no one there. And she reckons she locked up. She can hear the roar. She knows something's happened. Like, because you can hear you can hear everyone screaming like when she's doing her shopping and stuff like that. So I can um, I can confirm that. But um, uh, mate, I'll, I'll, I'll come back down to you, uh, David Moyes' future. Obviously, there was a there was a, a probably uh, losing your out game the last time mm-hmm. against Everton, and unfortunately for everyone in the Premier League, Everton lost that game and got rid of Frank Lampard. I think everyone would have been really happy for him to. To stay on and and really make sure they get relegated, but unfortunately, yeah, you guys rolled them over. So, is he is he still sort of uh, on the edge, I guess, or do you think he's sort of that wind bought him a few more weeks? How is his situation at the moment? Well, funnily enough, the fans uh, in our FA Cup game against Derby were chanting his name. They were chanting his name positively. Uh, they were doing the David Moyes chant. So whether that, I don't know, ring says anything, I don't know. But I tell you what, it's a real fickle business uh, sacking of managers in the Premier League. You look at, you yeah. know, Tuchel, who won the Champions League with Chelsea, then he's out the door, running the area with Leicester. Whereas, you know, in, in Australia, in the AFL here, we're giving coaches 10 years to, to do something. <laughs> you know, you look at you know, some coaches have coached 10 years and not won anything and, and they've still yeah. got a job. So it, it's really interesting how fickle it is. And, you know, David Moyes qualifies West Ham for Europe twice. We're still in Europe. So I think that might be your saving grace, that we're still in the Conference League. We're in the last 16. If he can win that and deliver a trophy to West Ham, uh, I think he'll, he'll almost be immortalised because the club hasn't won a trophy since 1980, if you don't count the... Uh, the promotion trophies from the championship you get for, yeah. for winning we're, the playoff final. So we're not allowed to count it, so no one else can count it. <laughs> no. Like, oh, Timmy. no. <laughs> right. So I think I think that's the saving grace. I think that's what everyone's sort of holding on to at the moment. I think most West Ham fans would take a fifteenth place finish and a, a good conference league run. So I, that's just my opinion. I think they might be holding on to him just to see what he could do there. But obviously if he does get bad and it's looking like West Ham's uh really in the relegation zone, he might find it tough. But he's picked up a win now in the league, a win now in the cup. So I think he's bought himself, I reckon, at least another five or six weeks to see how he goes, or at least until the next Conference League uh, game in March. Yeah, all right. So having said all that, we'll bring your um, we'll bring your predicted 11 up. Um, I will preface this by saying for those watching they aren't necessarily in their correct positions. It's just with the yeah. uh, the names and the format that if you sort of line them up properly, you can't read the names on half of them. So bear that in mind. Um, and one slight uh, oversight, I guess, was 
uh, Paqueta, I thought he was injured, but uh, he was just he was just forgotten about. So I'll leave this to you, mate. You can go through go through the team and and why you think these guys will play where they will. Yeah, so it's it's always interesting when you you ask to pick lineups because uh, I've sort of gone with what I think David Moyes will will put out, and traditionally or typically against the top sides, especially away from home, he'll just play a, a back five. In fact, I think he even played a back five against Everton at home, and Everton's the you know the worst side in the league, and everyone was really scratching their heads there. So I think he'll go a back five. This is. I'm pretty sure it's the defence that played against Derby during the week, so I don't see that changing. Uh, Kurt Zuma is injured at the moment. Uh, I th- think he's going to be an Andy Carroll situation where he's always, you know, two weeks away, two weeks away, and he's end up being out for, <laughs> you know, two or three months. So uh, I think this will be the back five. Aguered, since coming back from the World Cup, uh, he's been superb, so I think he'll do well there. He's really persisted with Suchek and Rice, in the middle, Rice has been as a fantastic player, but Suchek hasn't quite reached the heights that he did a few years ago. Uh, so whether he plays him or young Flynn Downs, who actually moved to West End from Derby, I thought he was man of the match during the week, but for whatever reason, uh, Moyes just doesn't trust him in the Premier League. Uh, ben Rama's the interesting one. It'll, it'll either be him or Paqueta. Um, Paqueta is a very good player, but Ben Rama this season has probably been one of West Ham's best. He he makes things happen on the field. The only problem is Moyes doesn't really like him for whatever reason. They just don't seem to get along. And I think the top two just speak for themselves. They're the only two fit strikers at the moment. And they're the two that have scored, I think, our last two goals. So they'll definitely get the start. <laughs> so we've we've played, you know, a, a 3-5-2 or a 5-3-2 in most games this season. And considering we're coming up against the a red-hot Newcastle, I don't see why Moyes would, would go to a back four or, or try anything different. He'll just stick to what he knows and hope he can get a point. Yeah, nice. Hey, Dimmy, it feels funny when someone says top side and they're talking about us, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because I remember we had we had Athos on this around about this time last year when we went to the London Stadium and we were talking about how West Ham are the – top four, top six team chasing European football. And it's funny how basically we're a mirror image of each other. Obviously, West yeah. Ham aren't as bad or weren't as bad as we were at the start of last season. And I'm not sure if in terms of our record now, whether West Ham were that high on the table compared to where we are now. But more or less similar. But but it, it is funny that teams now are paying us that respect. That they're coming to St. James's Park and they're, they're going to be having the point and... They're low blocking us, mate. They are low, low block. Yeah, they are low, low blocking block. us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The old, the old uh, Catanacho, old school defend, defensive <laughs> football. But, but that's okay. We have to, we have to expect that. It's a sign of respect, and it's a sign that we're going places. So if we want to become the team and, and the club that we want to become, we've got to get used to that. So that's no, no problem for me to see West Ham be a bit more defensive and, and try and hold on to what they've got. That's that's no problem. So I'm interested to hear, um, Athos, like we were heavily linked with uh, Paqueta during the summer. There was obviously no credible um, sort of interest from our side because I'm sure if there was, if we actually wanted him, we actually we probably would have put a bid in for him. Yeah. That, gener- that generally means that you're interested in a player if you put a bid in, but I think it was all sort of... Um, Two and two together. He's Bruno's best mate. He wants to come to the Premier League. 
Newcastle's the one. But how how's he been going? I've read um, Twitter always reliable for things like this, but he sort of he hasn't he hasn't really um, set the world on fire, I guess, since he's sort of come to West Ham. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, that's absolutely fair. I think he's had a bit of an interrupted season. He has been, I think, in and out of the side with injury, but you can tell he's a class act. Like anyone that can start for Brazil and and do well, like we saw him at the World Cup where I think he scored a few goals and he, it looked like he was having so much fun just whipping the ball around with, with his mates there. And, I mean, that's what happened with Brazil. They, they put on an absolute show when they're all together. So he's definitely a quality player. Uh, but like you said, he hasn't just, he hasn't brought that to West Ham. He's shown glimpses. He's linked up with Skamaka quite well when they've been on the on the pitch together. Uh, but he's definitely getting better with every game that he plays. It might may have just been an, an, an adjustment period. I really do hope that he stays for a few years and we see the best out of him. Sometimes when when foreigners come to the Premier League, they they might take a year or two to um, to adjust. So I think he will be a, a great player for West Ham and. Uh, I'd definitely have him in the side as much as I can because guys like him can produce moments of magic anytime. So the the more often he's on the ground, the, the better, I reckon. Beautiful. Now, we'll use that as a great segue into our lineup, Dimmy, that you've managed to whip up during your busy workday. Um, basically, one change from our winning Carabao Cup semi-finalists, you've Bruno... Pequeta's best mate, they won't get to play against each other, unfortunately, with his uh, suspension. Uh, he's going to miss three games. He'll be back for the final, which is sort of fantastic. He'll get a nice little tune-up. A bit of a rest because I think with the um, Brazil and the World Cup and, and stuff like that, it might have been a good time for him just to have a bit of a spell and freshen up for the second half of the year. Now, you've you've tipped uh, ASM and uh, Joel Linton to... Um, go back into the midfield. How did you uh, come to that? Yeah, well, the midfield speaks for itself in terms of Big Joe going back into the middle. I don't think we've got any other option, to be honest, from the start to do that. I think that's going to have to be the midfield three. There's no really other central midfield option besides Elliot Anderson, and I can't see Eddie starting Elliot Anderson. So Joe Linton's definitely going to go back into the middle, and, and the big question is going to be, who starts on the left? I mean, you've got you've got Maxi, who I who I think will will start. You've got Gordon, who's a new player in who who potentially could start, and he could even throw a spanner in the works and start a old smiley mate, uh, Jacob Murphy, and he, he might think that he could do a job and be that workhorse for an hour, and then bring on the the big guns after an hour. So there is some options on that left wing. I don't think we're short of options on the wing at the moment. It's more making sure that midfield three stay fit for at least the next month until Bruno's back. Otherwise we might we might need to to reshuffle. But but in terms of in terms of Maxi, I think it's time for him to start. I think he's bought he's bided his time and he's had cameos here and there the last the last few weeks and he seems to have had a run of training and a, and a run of enough run of games where he's he's ready to I think he's ready to start games and I think there's no better time now to start him against a not, not, not a, not. Let's all due respect to Athos and and the Hammers. Not the most solid defensive unit, and and there definitely could be some space for him to to exploit and, and just put on a show. And I think he's he's been waiting for this opportunity, Maxi. And I definitely under the lights at St James's Park, Sky Sports. He's the main man now. Bruno's out. I reckon we could be in for a for a Maxi show. 
Yeah, nice. So I'm pretty sure that uh, Isak will be out with uh, concussion protocols with that head knock he suffered on Wednesday night. Oh, well, sorry, on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, our time. Um, it wasn't unfortunate. I mean, most people, me included, were hoping he was probably going to start this game uh, for Wilson, but it looks like it might have to wait until next week. Now you can probably um, bet your bottom dollar that Wilson will probably score this weekend and mm-hmm. all that talk of his sack sort of taking his place will get put on the back burner. Um, so I'm interested. Do you think uh, Gordon will be involved in some capacity on the weekend? I think I think he will. I think um, – I, I can't see Eddie starting. I'm, we've seen Eddie doesn't really start new signings straight away in, in the lineup. He likes to ease them in. So I'd be flabbergasted – if Gordon started over Maxi, I think Maxi might have a few words to say to Eddie if, if he starts over, over him. So <laughs> I, I don't think he'll start, but I definitely think that he'll have a role to play and, and an important role at that off the bench. Yeah. Um, I'll come to you first, uh, Athos. We've just signed one of your young kids from your under-21 team. Um, did play, did play, I think, maybe one or two games this year as a right-back. Um what can you tell us about young Ashby and, and what you've seen of him? And I guess you're you're probably as well placed as anyone to give our listeners and our, our viewers a bit of an insight into what sort of player he is. Yes, yeah, so he's only made a handful of first team appearances, but uh, he was obviously rated quite highly. West Ham fans are they're almost you know gatekeepers of the the young kids, considering the the club's got a history of of a good academy and, and bringing plays into the first team. Uh, they've done quite well recently with, you know, Ben Johnson and Rice being the, the two standout. But uh, the, the fans, I think, were a bit confused by this. You never like to see a promising young young player leave. Uh, it was a similar situation a few years ago when they got rid of Grady Diangana. They sold him to West Brom, I think, and he had broken into the first team. It looked like he was going to be the next big thing, and then all of a sudden he had left. So... Uh, We'll see what happens here. I think I was reading uh, some quotes from him before. It looked like he wanted to, to move. Um, I don't think West Ham would have been really pushing him out the door. It didn't look like they needed to. I don't think they, they need the money as such. Uh, but I think he'll be a, a good addition to Newcastle. He's, he's obviously not going to, to break into the first team straight away, considering uh, how well you're going at the moment. But definitely someone for, uh, you know, uh, the odd... I don't know, Europa League game that doesn't mean anything or uh, if, if you need a, a good depth player, um, I think he can be a, a good servant and it sounds like he wants to be there. So anyone that wants to be there and is a, a good talent, I think he's represented Scotland as well. I think he's had a few international games. So he's definitely got some uh, talent in him and uh, I think could slide in quite well for you guys. Uh, Dimmy, what do you reckon, mate? Yeah, I think it's like like I said. I think it's a it's a good signing. He's definitely can be an understudy to Trippier and probably one of the best right backs in not only England in Europe. So I think he's a fantastic mentor to have to have and and to and to learn off. And from some of the highlights and bits and pieces that I've seen, he's got a bit of the Trippier about him in terms of can hit a set piece, can cross the ball, does seem to cover the ground well, and 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 attack well, which is which is always nice as a fullback. So 
look, I think he's, he's a good understudy to have. I think Mankio at the moment is injured and probably better off that I think we're promoting that young young player coming through. Mankio's had his time with the club. It's probably nice to see Ashby being that younger option off the bench. And I think, look, Touchwood, hopefully he doesn't play too many first 11 minutes. That means Trippy is injured. But if you can get a few games here and there and learn off, learn off trips, then it's uh, good news. All right, well, we'll get to the, um, I guess, the predictions sort of in a way. Athos, how can you guys win this game? Good question. I, I think uh, Bruno's suspension does West Ham a huge favour because he, I think, is one of the best midfielders in the, in the Premier League this season. He's been amazing. So him not being there is quite good. It depends. Like last season when we were on fire, our, our Two biggest strengths were our set pieces. We were the best set piece team in the Premier League. And this season, I don't think we've scored a set piece goal. And we were electric on the break. Uh, we've looked well, we looked okay in transition against Evidence. So if they can find that fire again, uh, because there have been times this season where we get the ball past halfway into our attacking third and they just don't know what to do with it. So we're obviously going to be playing on the counter. If they can get the ball to Bowen and he can cut inside and, and score and they can uh, find some of that form in transition, then definitely. But I think a win might be a bit too uh, it's a bit too much for us. I think it might be a bit past West Ham. So I, I, I think I'd be happy with a draw uh, after it's still a, a point and, and maintains our form and, and it's a, a point closer to 40. So I think they'll be hoping for maybe a goalless draw or a, or a one-all draw, but I don't see West Ham winning this game. I think Newcastle just have too many weapons. The defence is just too leaky. Like, you've got Emerson and, and, and Kufal on as your, your, your full-back. So I think AC, ASM and whoever is on the other side will have a, a field day. And it's, where, it's mm. whether, you know, Wilson's got his scoring boots on. Uh, I, think, I think Newcastle should win 2-0. It just depends... You know, they'll, they'll get that far up and see how much they want to smash us by. Or who knows, maybe they're still on cloud nine after after Wednesday. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I'm not sort of thinking too much about it. I'll, I'll be happy with a draw. All right, Demi, I'll ask the same thing to you, mate. How do you think we can win this game? No, we're just a top team, aren't we? We're just, we're just too good. I just think we rock up and we win. <laughs> nah, we don't. We don't. Um, nah. All, all jokes aside, I think I think you just you just got to believe in in Eddie Howe and and how he's going to be speaking to the boys after that after that win and making sure that we're grounded and obviously it's fantastic we're in the final the final's three four weeks away we can't think about the final but the fans can fans can book their flights their train rides their tickets whatever they have to do but the players can't think about that we still got three massive Premier League games before then and I think these are the sort of games. Again, no disrespect to West Ham, but these are sort of games. If we want to maintain our top four position, we need to bank the three points. And like like Athos said, their their fullbacks look very suspect, especially Emerson. So I really want to see how how he reacts and how West Ham reacts to our high press and whether we can force some high turnovers. And in terms of Callum Wilson, I think maybe the fact that Isak won't be there might might release the shackles a little bit off him and and have that responsibility being the main guy now and don't have, doesn't have to look over his shoulder on the bench and say, oh, shit, when's this that coming on? I need to do something. So I think 
I think Wilson's good for a couple of goals this week. He's got a good record against West Ham from memory. He scored mm. at the London ground a few years ago when we won 2 0. He scored in that shocking 4 2 result we had uh, last year on the first day of the season when I think we scored after two minutes and we thought, oh, how good is this season going to be? And then. <laughs> Within an hour, we're oh. like, oh, fuck, we're shit. Um, we couldn't breathe after 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're dead. Um, <laughs> yeah. All the players all the yeah. players said, it yeah. was literally after half an hour, every every Newcastle player was completely cooked and we had nothing left in the tank. So at least we know we, we're not going to be like that. We're going to be fit. We're going to be ready to go. And, and, uh, and yeah, I, I just I just think we're going to have too much. The, the press will be too much for West Ham. And if we do get an early goal or two, they might just shut up shop and... And sort of save face and make sure their goal difference doesn't cop an absolute hammering. Oh, hammering! I like what you did there. Nice. <laughs> hey, that, well, that was a, that wasn't deliberate, but it was a good one. <laughs> yeah, no, no, take take it, mate, take it. All right, that'll. Um, so, what was your score again? My score, I'll go, I'll go two nil. Callum Wilson double. Callum Wilson double. All right. I'll need to think about my score a little bit more. I'm, I've got three in a row for those keeping track at oh, home. Three, come on, three kids. correct. Three correct scores in a row. So I'll need to just sit down and crunch some numbers and see what I can come up with. But I'm leaning towards something maybe like a 2-0 or a 2-1 or something like that. Keegan Damas. You're going to be called now Keegan Damas. No, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not claiming it. I can't do spreadsheets, so that, that's definitely not oh, going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that'll just about wrap us up. Uh, Athos, really appreciate you jumping on tonight, mate. Um, loved your insights. Hope you guys have a great rest of the season. Manage to keep yourselves up, but I hope you have a real shit one this weekend. So, <laughs> mate, yeah. thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, mate. Really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me, and uh, likewise, Demi. <laughs> thanks for jumping on, mate. I know you've had a busy night with the hairdresser. It looks great. Um, yeah, nice. It's nice, shiny too. So, uh, <laughs> for those of you who are listening. I urge you to just to jump on to YouTube and have a look at this uh, glistening forehead because it's a sight to behold. Oh, look at that. So, yeah, thanks, everyone. Um, if you've made it this far, I really appreciate it. Uh, if you can give us a like and uh, leave a comment and stuff on YouTube, really helps us out with um, with the algorithms and, and stuff like that, jump on our socials, and we love interacting with everyone as well. So, uh, yeah, once again, thanks, everyone, for sticking with us. Uh, we'll be back probably Sunday night, I think, for a um for a review of the West Ham game, and hopefully, if Dimmy can pull it off, we should have a special guest jump on with us next week, and that'll be a really fun thing to talk about because there's plenty to get through with this uh, potential guest. So stay tuned for that. Keep an eye on our socials, and um, yeah, that'll just about do it. Thanks very much, everyone. Thanks for listening, watching. Athos, thanks for joining us again, mate. Good night to you, Dimmy. Thank you very much, mate. Cheers, buddy. We'll uh, we'll catch you all again next time.